MMA is unlike any sport, isn't it? I mean, let's say it's the World Cup final. England are losing 5-0. There's 15 minutes left. We kind of know what's going to happen. But in MMA, by God, give a fighter just 10 seconds and they can change their entire lives. My balls was hot. I understand. It doesn't matter about the other 14 minutes and 50 seconds. If that fighter can end the fight before the final buzzer, that will be the result. Think every James Bond bomb defusing scene ever. What's up, guys? Alex Bailey in here, and we've teamed up with the guys over at pristineauction.com. If you don't know who they are, they're only the number one sports memorabilia site on the planet. On their website, they've got tons and tons of signed UFC memorabilia as well as other sports. So if you're into that sort of stuff, this is perfect for you. These aren't NFTs. We're talking real life physical memorabilia. When you sign up, if you use the registration code, MMAOP10, you will get yourself $10 off your first bid. But also, it will automatically enter you into a very special giveaway that we've got going on. What are we giving away? A signed Nate Diaz UFC glove. That's what's up. <laughs> so all you need to do is go on and register using the code MMAOP10. You'll get entered automatically. You'll get $10 off your first bid. So get out there and do some bidding. Pristine auction. Pristine worldwide. More on that later, but for now, here are the 10 most insane Hell Mary KOs in MMA history. Number 10, John Doomsday Howard versus Dennis Hallman. At last, Doomsday has come and he's made it to a top 10 list. There's been so many ups and downs in this man's 18-year-long professional MMA career, but on his first arrival into the UFC, he was a super villain to be reckoned with. He made his UFC debut with a fight of the night split decision at UFC 94 and then won another split decision against Hamden McCrory. And then just seven months later, it was announced he'd face the super vet Dennis Hallman at the tough season 10 finale. If you don't know, Hallman had made five separate UFC runs at this point and racked up a record of 48 and 12, which is pretty insane. He was also on a five-fight win streak and it looked like that was going to continue. He took John down in rounds one and two and pretty much controlled him the entire fight. It was actually kind of boring. I mean, John landed exactly zero strikes in the second round. 10 seconds into the third and Dennis even pulled guard and that's where the fight stayed until literally 25 seconds left. Josh Rosenthal had had enough, stood both of them up and with the end of the world impending, Doomsday did what he does best and started launching nuclear warheads at Hallman's head and connected on a big left hook. Boom, Hallman was out with literally five seconds left in the fight. Classic Marvel villain plotline right there. Number nine, Bigfoot Silver versus Alistair Overeem. Okay, let's go back. It's early 2013 and the UFC has just had an injection of secret juice because they just bought out the Strike Force promotion. And with it came the likes of Luke Rockhold, Dan Henderson, Yoel Romero, Daniel Cormier, and a plethora of heavyweights, including Alistair Overeem and Bigfoot Silver. Overeem arrived in the UFC as the Strike Force champion. He was on an 11 fight unbeaten streak and then he absolutely smashed Brock Lesnar. So, yeah, you could pretty much call him one of, if not the best heavyweights on the planet at this point. Bigfoot was impressively 16 and 3 overall having only lost to Fabricio and DC in Strikeforce, but on his arrival into the UFC, he fought Cain Velasquez and was just used to repaint the canvas. Given that Overeem had just looked as invincible as a lead character in a 90s action movie, most people thought it would be as easy as using the three seashells, or just walking down the Sasquatch and blasting him with knees, which actually Alistair pretty much did for two rounds. In fact, going into the third and final, Bigfoot had only landed seven significant strikes and the violins had pretty much started playing. But with literally nothing left to lose, at the start of the third round, Bigfoot uncorked a massive straight right that wobbled the Dutchman and then Silver just slammed fists into his face until Overeem was unconscious. It was a shocking last round upset of epic proportions. Number 8. Shoni Carter vs Matt Sarah 
this has to be one of the all-time classic knockouts. And if you're a hardcore fan, I'm sure you've seen this one more than a few times. But Matt Serra was a New York native and grappling expert. He won all four of his first fights in less than one minute, all by submission. It was also 2001, so that's pretty much all he needed to do to get a UFC invite. And he did to Atlantic City, baby. He was up against a bit of a vet at this point in Shoney Carter, one of the more colourful characters in the sport, certainly. And in just three years, he'd already had 28 fights, which, yeah, I know is pretty insane to try and wrap your head around. Anyway, it went down at UFC 31, and for the first two rounds, Matt completely controlled him, but Shoney survived the submission attempts. These two actually went on to become good friends and even share the Ultimate Fighter house during the redemption season. But with just 15 seconds left in the fight, Shoney threw a spinning back fist that caught Matt completely unawares, and it went on the UFC highlight package for the next 10 years. So Matt was KO'd right at the final buzzer, but he did get his revenge on the Ultimate Fighter five years later. Number seven, Chris Lieben versus Terry Martin. If you don't know Chris Lieben, he started out MMA life as a contestant on the first series of The Ultimate Fighter, and once he actually hit the UFC, he built a nice five-fight win streak before welcoming Anderson Silva, that is. But after two years and a record of six and three, the crippler was pretty much a staple of the middleweight division and a guy that guaranteed fun fights. Terry Martin, on the other hand, had announced his return to the UFC with a 14-second KO of Jorge Rivera, and then he followed it up just one month later, slamming Ivan Salaveri into unconsciousness. He looked impressive and certainly hit really fucking hard, so why not test that punching power against one of the best chins in the division, Chris Liebens? The first round Terry was all over him and Chris actually got deducted a point as well for grabbing the fence. The second was closer but as the third started Terry began landing some bombs on Chris and he got it back to the mat so it pretty much looked like a wrap for Lieben. Just as Joe Rogan even said Lieben needed to do something significant Terry dropped a massive right hand on him and another and another but the crippler can't be stopped by a mere punch. He walked through everything and dropped Terry with one massive clean left hand and just like that he'd won the fight. It was about 60 seconds from losing but somehow pulled a win out of thin air once again, becoming the unkillable zombie he's pretty much known for. Number six, Todd Duffy versus Mike Rousseau. There's not really any other way of describing Todd Duffy, apart from the fact that one, he looks like Brock Lesnar's baby brother, two, he probably convincingly could be a real-life Avenger, and three, when he got to the UFC and won in just seven seconds, people started freaking the fuck out, including Joe Rogan, who insisted he was created in a lab somewhere. Only one of his five fights before the UFC went to the second round, so for his second UFC opponent, he got Mike Rousseau, who, no, doesn't have the biggest name, but hadn't actually lost in eight fights. But when you saw the two of them square up, it didn't really look like it would be much of a contest at all. And you know what? For the first two rounds, it really wasn't. Todd was faster, bigger, stopped all seven of Mike's takedowns. We didn't get the quick KO we wanted, but even better, really, Todd was kind of proving how well-rounded he was, you know, and how dominant he could be. We were just about ready to wrap up this gift of a UFC performance with a nice little bow, except, oh wait, with two and a half minutes left in the third round, out of nowhere, Mike drops a straight right on Todd's chin, and he went to sleep quicker than some of you do listening to my videos. It didn't look like Mike had a chance, but the Hail Mary came through on this one. Number five, Derek Lewis versus Alexander Volkov. Most people love knockouts. Most people love heavyweights. And absolutely everyone loves Derek Lewis. His first UFC win streak kind of culminated in his own fight night against Mark Hunt in New Zealand, but he unfortunately lost in the fourth round. But he pretty much immediately bounced back, and after a terrible, terrible, god-awful fight with Francis Ngannou, it was no joke. He needed a big performance to win back the fans. But he got Alexander Volkov. He was the former Bellator and M1 champion, and he just arrived in the UFC and was 4-0. He's also an expert at fighting big heavyweights who like to swang and bang and make them miss, basically, and that's kind of what he did for the first two rounds. But he was also hurting Derek and nearly put him away a few times. 
By the third round, he'd outlanded Derek 92 to just 22 strikes, and just like Obi-Wan taking the high ground, we thought it was all over. But sensing there was just 20 seconds left, Derek started winding up like he was trying to punch a hole through a planet, and with just 17 seconds left on the clock, the hammer dropped, and so did Volkov. Derek had to finish it on the ground, but with only 11 seconds left in the fight, he'd stolen the win from Volkov and handed him his first UFC loss. Number 4. Scott Smith vs. Kung Lee at the height of his career, Kung Lee was a 17-0 undefeated kickboxer with a college state wrestling and world Sanshu championship under his belt, as well as a 6-0 undefeated MMA record. He'd only fought professionally in Strikeforce where he made mincemeat of the 185 division before beating Frank Shamrock, who, by the way, apart from a DQ against Henzo Gracie, hadn't actually lost an MMA fight in 10 years. Kung Lee broke his arm and took the Strikeforce title. So Scott Coker had a new star to promote. He was undefeated, brought an international market. Shit, he was even in the Tekken movie. And that is actually why he vacated the title. Just too famous, mate. And so he was matched up with Scott Smith. At this point, the comeback kid was a veteran of the WEC, the UFC, and Elite XC. Heck, he was even on the Ultimate Fighter. But he'd just been constricted by Nick Diaz, so why not throw him in there with Lee, right? Most weren't expecting it to actually last that long. In fact, Kung dropped Scott in the first minute, and then he pretty much bullied him for the rest of the fight. By the third round, he was just walking him down. But suddenly, Kung appeared tired. Like, really tired. The comeback kid kept walking forward and launched a left hook that sat Kung down faster than the world champion at musical chairs. In a fight that he'd barely been in, Scott Smith had somehow ended the undefeated streak of Kung Lee, but he did get totally smashed in the rematch. Number 3. Jarzinho Rosenstruck vs Alistair Overeem it's not a big secret that the Dutch kickboxer Alistair Overeem has had some ups and downs in his MMA career. At certain points, he was on insane, unbeatable win streaks, and at others, he found himself losing time and time again. But he always bounced back and tried to reinvent himself. And after losing to Curtis Blades in Chicago, he put two more wins together, and the UFC decided to pit him against the new, rising, undefeated heavyweight of the division, Jarzinho Rosenstruck, who was 10-0 and just knocked out his last two opponents in less than 30 seconds. It was a five-round main event, the old dog versus the young lion. These kind of matchups are always intriguing and Alistair didn't actually come out to bang with him. He pressured him against the cage, got top position, floated around him, basically doing anything he could to not get pinatted. Going into the fifth, it was clear Overeem had won the first three, and Biggie Boy's corner was going bananas, just asking him to get some kind of offense going. The boys in the commentary booth noticed Overeem was starting to slow down. The 10-second clapper went off, and Jarzinho took flight like a prime Michael Jordan and smashed into Overeem's face, which, by the way, was now hanging off. It was literally the definition of a buzzer beat with just four seconds left and Jarzinho remained undefeated. Number two, Yair Rodriguez versus the Korean Zombie. El Pantera, as he's otherwise known, had a pretty meteoric rise for the UFC's featherweight division. He was just 22 when he got started, and after five fights, he picked up two performances of the night and, and two fights of the night. But by mid-2017, he took a fight with Frankie Edgar, and he showed the answer to all of Yair's crazy spinning shit was just to take him down and beat him up. Then things got a little crazy for Yair. He ended up taking a year and a half off, got released from the UFC, then got brought back a few weeks later. We weren't really sure if we'd ever see him fight again, but Frankie Edgar fell out of his fight night with the Koreans on and out of nowhere, Yair stepped in on two weeks' notice to replace him. For four rounds, they went back and forth, trading kicks, punches, elbows, you named it. It lived up to its spot as the main event of the 25th anniversary show, and then some. Zombie, though, had done more work and was winning the fight on the judges' scorecards going into the fifth. In fact, he was also probably winning the fifth round. When the clapper sounded for the 10 seconds left, we thought it was all over. They touched gloves, and the zombie charged Yair like an Elden Ring boss, who ducked and popped him with the most hellacious reverse elbow probably in MMA history. No one knew what the fuck had happened except, oh my god, the Korean zombie is unconscious now. 
There was literally one second left and it went down as the latest knockout in UFC history. Yair won fight of the night and performance of the night again and no one ever counted him out in a fight ever. Of course, number one, Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. Yep, you guessed it. The fight that was the inspiration behind this list made it to number one. And why wouldn't it? It was more unexpected than the end of American Psycho where you realize Patrick Bateman might not have actually killed anyone. Leon had such a weird path to get to this point. It honestly made the finish all that more spectacular. Don't forget, he was supposed to fight Tyron Woodley way back in 2020. That would have been his first fight after losing the title to Usman, which should have put Leon right in contention. But the pandemic happened, the London card got cancelled, and the UFC even removed Leon from the rankings entirely. That only lasted for one day, though, technically, because then the Hamzat fight got booked, but both of them got COVID. It was a long three years for Leon. But finally, in Salt Lake City, he got his rematch and title shot against the pound-for-pound number one champion, Kamaru Usman. And Usman had only looked better and better with each title defense. He was one win away from tying Anderson Silva's legendary 16-fight win streak. It went as most expected, though, although Leon did manage to take Kamaru's back and win the first round. But then the dominant game of Usman just showed through as he controlled Leon in pretty much every position. The commentary team honestly thought he'd kind of given up, and the altitude certainly didn't seem to help. But deep in the fifth round, with nothing Nothing left to lose, all the encouragement from his corner and the sequence they'd apparently been drilling all training camp for a 1-2 head kick and shut out the lights of the champion. Kamaru was 56 seconds away from making history, but it was Leon instead who went down in the books as the second British UFC champion ever. All right, big thank you to Pristine Auction for sponsoring this video. If you do go on their website, there's thousands of signed UFC memorabilia for you to take a look at and bid on. Every item on there comes with a signed certificate of authenticity as well. As a UFC fan, you get to go on there and have a look at thousands of different pieces of UFC memorabilia from your favorite fighters, from people from the past, the present, the future. So make sure when you register, you use the code MMAOP 10 you get your ten dollars off and you get automatically entered into the nate diaz glove giveaway if you like the ufc if you like memorabilia you like things being signed and authenticated pristineauction.com if you want to know more information about the dates and when we're going to pick the winners of the giveaway it's all in the description below if you're an mma fan you've probably heard his music more than christmas songs at this point but let's get a shout out to the man ben rosette and the sweet music he provided in the intro you can follow him on social media at ben rosette or on spotify if you want to hear more of his stuff all right that's it seriously if you haven't seen some of these fights you should really go and watch all of them the build-up to the knockouts are absolutely insane there's more clutch plays than the call of duty world finals let's have another shout out for Leon getting it done against Usman as well. That is a Hail Mary KO that will last the test of time. You know, I always appreciate a thumbs up and a like if you can spare one. It's good karma, innit? Also, if you haven't subscribed yet, we put out a lot of MMA videos just like this. So go ahead and do that if you want more.